uh, a season of longing and anticipation of the coming of Christmas and the birth of Christ, that celebration. But uh, it also is a season where there's lots of family travel that will go on. Uh, unfortunately, it is also the season when the virus seems to be having a resurgence, which is what viruses do this time of year. So let me encourage you, our, our early service is mask required. If you come to the nine o'clock service, please wear a mask, wear it throughout the service. This service, masks are strongly recommended. And so let me encourage you, if you are able to wear a mask during this service, just for the purpose during this holiday season of protecting one another from spreading the virus to family members who might be in danger, if you can wear it, run it through your Philippians 2 grid and mask up if that seems like a reasonable way to honor others and serve them. So just be aware of that in the future. In this service, this season, we're especially mindful of the need to do that. And I know during worship, during singing, some of you gotta come up for air no problem, I get that. Uh, I know that we're not gonna card you at the door and make you have a doctor's note if you're not wearing a mask. Rob Craig tends to turn away Blue Devil fans, whether they're wearing a mask or not. I can't, can't help you with that if you're a Blue Devil fan. Um, I'm not wearing a mask, uh, really honestly, because it's hard for people. We've got some families who lip read on the video, masks are terrible on lip reading, if you haven't figured that out. So just be mindful of those things, if you would, in the weeks that are ahead. And uh, join us if you can, masked or not, if you're able to mask up, that's, that's very helpful. But this season is Advent, the four weeks that lead up to the celebration of the birth of Christ. This is a really ancient uh, celebration. Historians trace it back to at least the 400s. So Christians have been doing what we're doing for over 1,500 years. And the language of Advent is the language of waiting. Um, it, is, it is literally the word means coming. And it's the language that scholars use when they talk about the coming of Christ at the end of time. Um, so Advent's a a season when we travel back with those from long ago who were waiting for the coming of Christ and we hear their longings. Um, but we also look forward to Christ coming again during this season, his promise to us that he will return. And so we rejoice in the fulfillment of the coming of Christ. It is birth during Advent, the very Son of God, clothed in flesh, and come into our world on that first Christmas morn. But Advent is that time when we look forward to Christ's coming again and the ultimate fulfillment of our greatest longings. Now, during this season posted on our blog, on our website, there are lots of Advent resources to help you personally and your family really make this a rich season. There are daily devotionals that are posted there, that are many of them are excellent. I use them myself. And then there are a number of resources for families to do this kind of Advent candle thing or other uh, creative ways to celebrate Advent together. Let me encourage you, pick one for your family, pick one personally. Let's walk through those things together uh, this Advent season. On Sunday mornings, we are doing a series, as Daniel mentioned, called the Songs of Christmas. 
Um, and we'll be exploring the rich theology and scripture that underlies some of our, some of our favorite Christmas uh, carols. Now, I'll give you one guess as to which pastor suggested a series on the songs of Christmas. It ain't Jake. Uh, yeah, right here. This is DC's, he's the architect of this series. And on December 13th, Daniel Creswell is going to preach on the scriptures that undergird one of our new Northwake Christmas hymns that's on our new Christmas CD. It's available in the lobby today. Shameless plug. Okay. So think about that. Daniel Creswell singing about Christmas based on the scriptures that are one of our new Christmas hymns that he helped write on the 13th. You don't want to miss this, okay? He might spontaneously combust right before your eyes on that Sunday. So that, that's one to look forward to. Um, I'm sure Carson will be preaching next week. Both he and Carson will break out in song during the sermon. I'll spare you that today. Aww. <laughs> so today... Um, <laughs> Today, all of the, uh, we'll be looking at an assortment of scriptures. They'll be on the screen behind me. If, you, if it helps you to follow along on your phone or in your Bibles, uh, you're welcome to chase me along as I reference those scriptures. But pray with me first, and let's do open the scriptures together. Lord, help us now to love your son, to delight in him all the more as we see who he is and what it means that he has come and he is coming. So now, by your spirit and your word, help us, Lord. Have mercy on us. We pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Okay, our song this week is the one that we just sung. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And it is kind of the quintessential song of longing for the, for the coming of Christ. It is one of the oldest songs that we sing. Uh, the lyrics to this song have their origins um, 1,200 years ago in the monasteries of the 8th and 9th century. That's, that's during the time of the Vikings, for those of you who are into that, that sort of thing. Um, it's rooted in an ancient series of declarations of praise called the Great O's, not Cheerios, the Great O's that were sung and kind of chanted the week before the celebration of the birth of Christ on Christmas. So there was... O wisdom, they're each a title of Christ. O Lord, O root of Jesse, O key of David, O day spring, O king of the nations, O with us is God. And if you're familiar with that carol we just sung, O come, O come, Emmanuel, you'll recognize those titles of Christ are embedded in the lyrics of the song that we sing to this day. Now this song actually has seven verses, and it, it has seven different titles of Christ that are embedded in each of those um, verses. Emmanuel, Rod of Jesse, Dayspring, Key of David, Lord, Wisdom, and Desire or King of Nations. Um, so there's a title of Christ that's anchored in an Old Testament image. And then there's a plea or a longing that's expressed. And so this morning, together in the time we have, we'll look at four of those images of Christ and the deep-hearted longing that he fulfills in his coming. So the, the very first verse of this hymn, it expresses the longing of all longings. Look at it with me. O come, 
O come, Emmanuel, that very first verse. That title, Emmanuel, comes from the prophet Isaiah in in chapter 7, where it says, the Lord himself will give you a sign. And behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And in the New Testament, Matthew applies this verse to the birth of Jesus. Listen to Matthew in chapter 1. It says, um, she will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So he tells us, Emmanuel means God with us. And this longing for God to be with us is perhaps our most hidden, but our greatest longing. See, this is what we were made for. Um, The scriptures begin back in the book of Genesis with this portrait of God, uh, with the first man and the first woman walking with them in the garden that God had made. Chapter 3, we read this description, that Adam and Eve heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. This is the way things are supposed to be. For God to dwell with his people and for us to enjoy his company. But if you just even finish out that verse in Genesis, you see that things have gone terribly wrong and humankind was exiled from God's company because of our sin. Verse 8 again, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And the rest of the Bible is the story of God pursuing his hiding people to restore them to enjoy his company. And when that will happen, when all things are made right with the world at the return of Christ, um, things will be as they were meant to be once again. We will be in God's company. This is, you see this at the far end of our Bibles. Look at Revelation chapter 21. I heard a loud voice from the throne of God saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. And they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. See, this is what we are made for. This is what we are destined for. And underneath all our other longings, it may well be our greatest one. Our longing to be with God and enjoy and delight in his company. The cry, O come, O come, Emmanuel. It's it's a rejoicing. In the miracle of the incarnation that first Christmas, when God did come in the flesh, in the person of Jesus, the very Son of God. But it is also a plea for Jesus to come once again as he promised and make all things new and right with our world and restore us to relationship with him. It's also, lastly, a longing to know him now to rejoice in the company of God now. And this is the beautiful thing that the first Christmas does for us. We can know God now and enjoy him forever. Look again at that first verse. 
O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appeared. You know, the verse talks about God coming, Emmanuel, to ransom captives. And throughout the Old Testament, God's people were often literally captives and in exile under other empires, right? Egypt, Babylon, Assyria, Rome. And they longed for the day when they would be freed, none other than by God himself who had come to deliver them. Now, the New Testament uses that same language of captivity and ransom in a spiritual sense. It talks about a kind of soul slavery. And this is why we hear Jesus say in Mark chapter 10 that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, there's a greater captivity than being a slave of Egypt or Rome, and that's to be in bondage to sin, in exile from the relationship with the God we were made to be with. But thanks be to God, there's also a greater ransom, right? The giving of Jesus' own life to free us, okay? So, so this is the source of Cresswellian joy right here, right? This is why Daniel Creswell rejoices so. This is why the songwriter, in the middle of this funeral song, it sounds like, it's actually a melody from an ancient funeral, um, he bursts out, rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to you, O Israel. When God comes to ransom his people from bondage to their sin and its penalty, this is cause for rejoicing. Now, I have never seen a portrayal of this joy like uh, that of the Mook tribe of Papua New Guinea when they first heard the good news that there was a ransom that was paid for their sin by Jesus. Watch this little video clip of how they responded to the news of their ransom by Jesus. Village believers stating that he too believes that Christ has paid for his sins. Itao, which means it's true or it's good, it's very true. Village grammar rejoicing that he believes, so does she. Different ones giving testimony as to their belief in Christ as their sin bearer. Mark saying that if they really are believing, then God's word says that their sin is forgiven. Itao, it's good, it's true. Spontaneous rejoicing breaks out. This went on for two and a half hours. So, so rejoice, church. 
right? This is our joy. Itao. It's true. It's good. Emmanuel has come for you. Your ransom has been paid. You don't have to bear your sins anymore. You can be with God both now and forevermore. So we rejoice, right? Now when we sing of this ransom, we not only rejoice, but it is our longing and our prayer for friends and family who still bear the sorrow and the fears of their own sin. And that's really what the fourth and the fifth verses of this song focus on, our longing on behalf of those we love. Look at verses four and five. We'll look at them together. They're similar. O come, thou rod of Jesse, free thine own from Satan's tyranny. From depths of hell thy people save and give them victory o'er the grave. O come, thou key of David, come and open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high and clothes the path of misery. So in these verses, the plea is made to Christ as the rod of Jesse in verse 4 and as the key of David in verse 5. And they're both titles for the Messiah, and they both come from the prophet Isaiah. As Rod of Jesse, Isaiah 11 prophesies about a ruler who would come and judge the earth with righteousness and peace. As the key of David in Isaiah 22, it talks about one who has control of entrance to, to the king, David's kingdom and that he is the Lord of the kingdom of heaven. He opens it to all who hope in him. So it's to the judge of all the earth and the ruler of the kingdom of heaven that this songwriter now makes these closely related desperate pleas in verse four and five. First he says, free us from Satan's tyranny. And the writer of the book of Hebrews in the New Testament says that Satan most terrorizes people um, by their fear of death. Okay. The book of Hebrews says that the devil has the power of death and he holds us in lifelong slavery through the fear of death. Verse 4 cries out, free us from this fear. Okay. Emmanuel, free us from this fear. But the cry is not just that he would free us from Satan's tyranny but also from Satan's destiny. It says, from the depths of hell, thy people save. And the scriptures teach that Satan's destiny is nothing less than hell itself. The book of Revelation says, the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And so the song pleads for victory over the grave and for the key of David to open wide the way to a heavenly home and close the path to death's misery. You know, this year as a church family, we we felt that longing for victory over the grave. Um, 
in a number of ways. Two are very fresh for us. We lost our dear Stephanie Jackson, our children's ministry director for 17 years, friend to many, sister to us all. We lost her to cancer earlier this year. Just this month, we lost sweet 11-year-old Ty Williams to the raging floodwaters in a local storm. Um, but, but even in these greatest of losses, there's an undercurrent of rejoicing because Emmanuel has come and he grants us victory over the grave. Okay. Even in these great losses. See, that same refrain follows every one of these verses. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to you, O Israel. So rejoice, church. Emmanuel has come and he's freed us from Satan's tyranny and hell's death. The way to heaven has been thrown open wide. I love how the Apostle Paul says it in, in language that this, this song probably echoes. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where's your victory? Oh, death, where's your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The victory over the grave we long for comes to us in the birth and the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we still long. We still long for friends and family who are still in the grips of death's fear. We long for them to be free from that tyranny. And, and during this pandemic season, you have friends who are enslaved by fear, don't you? I mean, it's one thing to be wise and careful during this time. It's another thing to be holed up in fear. And we all know people who are truly afraid of dying. And it's for them that we cry out, Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Set them free from Satan's tyranny. Okay. Let's look together just at one more verse, that last verse, the seventh verse verse of this song O come O king of nations bind in one the hearts of all mankind bid all our sad divisions cease and be yourself our king of peace so if there's ever a time when we needed this cry to be answered for people to be one I think it feels like now I mean this is, this is probably the most divided time in in my lifetime, probably yours too. It just seems we're divided over matters of real substance and then over things that just seem silly. Um, case in point, there was a Florida man who was jailed for assaulting another man. But unlike most scenarios, um, the conflict was not over a woman or a debt owed or even sports fandom. According to a Facebook post by the Lee County Sheriff's Office, Justin Anthony Garcia was charged with aggravated battery in connection with an altercation with his cousin who sustained injuries from a pocket knife. Authorities and witnesses confirmed that the argument was over. It was about whether almond milk was superior to whole milk. Families are coming to blows over almond milk these days. It says their verbal argument became physical when Garcia became enraged at the victim for disagreeing with him. 
He proceeded to punch the victim with a closed fist to the victim's left side of his forehead. When the cousin, his cousin, tried to fight back, Garcia produced the knife. And the victim became scared of what Garcia might do with the knife and proceeded to run away from Garcia as he chased the victim through the front yard, according to official court documents. Families are coming to blows over almond milk. The book of Revelation grants Jesus a title. It's called the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Another way to say it would be the King of Nations. That's the way our song puts it. And it's only through this greatest of kings that our sad divisions cease. Philippians 2 describes how it happens. It happens when we find our place in submission to that king. It says, therefore God has highly exalted Jesus and bestowed on him the name that it's above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So there, bowed before his throne, there we find unity. That's, that's the great prayer of Jesus himself. Right. The night before his crucifixion, he prayed, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory you have given me, I've given to them that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. So church, this is where we find our unity in the God King who has come and will come again. This is our great loyalty. It's not to a political party. It's not to some franchise. It's not to some philosophy. It's to Christ alone and supremely, the King of nations and the Prince of Peace. He is our Prince of Peace. So this child, born at Christmas, is the fulfillment of our greatest longings. In him, the songwriter tells us we find ransom from our captivity to our sin and our exile from God. In him, we find deliverance from Satan's tyranny, salvation from the depths of hell, victory over the grave. In him, we find that our heavenly home's been opened wide, the way has been made safe, and the path to misery's been closed. In him, we find the hearts of all bound together and all our sad divisions ceased by the one who is our king of peace. So in Christ, our deepest longings for ourselves and for our friends are met only in Christ. And so this, this Advent season, you're gonna be hearing this song played. You're gonna be in a store and you're gonna hear this tune. You're going to be driving in the car and you're going to hear it on the radio. And when you hear it, let me give you a little prompt about how to pray. Paul gave us a prayer as he closed his letter to the Corinthians. It's just one word, Maranatha. And it simply means, come, Lord. And so when you hear, O come, O come, Emmanuel, join with our church family and just pray this little prayer. Come, Lord. Come, Maranatha, come.
Let's worship now with that, this song. Let's sing this song together. Let's let it be our prayer. Come, Lord Jesus. If you'll stand, this is how we'll close our time together.